Good morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this, and welcome to the first installment of the Talking Thomas podcast, a podcast dedicated to Thomas the Tank Engine and everything surrounding him. Uh, I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And we are two big fans of Thomas the Tank Engine and all of its associated artifacts. Uh, We've been in the fandom since about... 2007, I believe? Just about, yeah. About uh, 12, uh, about 12 years. Right. And uh, we had this idea to, uh, because there's not a whole lot of podcasts dedicated to Thomas the Tank Engine. There's one or two that I can think of offhand, but that's not a lot compared to other shows. And so uh, Orion and I decided that we were going to do a podcast all about that. And we have sort of a there's a whole selection of things to talk about uh, there's of course the show uh itself uh there's uh, shining time station which brought thomas to america and, and of course there's the merchandising and so we're going to be uh putting out two episodes a week uh, for a while and it'll be a mixture of commentaries of the show commentaries of shining time station and discussions about merchandise. Anything else that we want to add in there? No, I mean, just to really, uh, it'll be a wide-ranging series of discussions about the Thomas franchise in general. Um, focus more on the classic series, for sure. Um, right. Both of us are, are a little uh, more biased towards those original seven series, so we're not as uh, into the the later series but uh, we we certainly will discuss those from time to time um, right as time allows exactly so uh, uh, the bulk of the podcast will be uh, commentaries of the first seven seasons of thomas the tank engine uh as you can probably tell we're both from the united states and as such with some exceptions where appropriate we'll mostly be talking using u.s terms uh occasionally we might reference the uk terms but it'll be mostly u.s ones that we use so uh we're going to start off of course appropriately at the beginning with uh the first ever episode of thomas the tank engine and friends and uh so because it's a commentary it is advised that you uh listen to this podcast whilst watching the show. And uh, so, of course, the first episode is Thomas and Gordon, or as we would say in the U.S., Thomas gets tricked. Uh, And we will begin that in just a moment here. So uh, get your uh, whatever kind of device you're watching uh, Thomas on, get that loaded up, and press play now. And we begin with a... Lovely opening shot of Thomas. Absolutely, and this is great. Establishes Thomas as uh, you know his overall physical attributes, um, but then also really establishes the tone of the show right from the get go with that mm. busy theme. Um, and it's just a you know it's a it's a great beginning to a wonderful series, uh, and I think it it really helped to set it apart from other British children's television series of the time period especially the music i mean the music really just uh sets it a mile apart from anything else that came out at the time 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, throughout this podcast, I'm sure you'll hear Orion and I both go on about how good the music is, the music of Mike O'Donnell and Junior Campbell. And they really put so much dedication. They put their all into this music. Uh, and I like how each engine, or at least of the main engines, each engine gets its own little theme uh, and sometimes more than one as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, right from the start, it, it establishes the, the kind of uh, light motif method that Michael Donald and Junior Campbell used of each character having their own theme. Um, and, and Thomas has a few little themes in this episode, a few little ditties like this one where he just ran away after waking Gordon up. Right. And then later we hear uh, Gordon's theme or the express theme, which is used in uh, many other forms throughout the rest of the series. Oh, yes. And that was a nice bit of stop motion animation a, a couple seconds ago, uh, right before Thomas runs away, you know, where Gordon has his eyes closed, but then suddenly has them open. That's a very nice use of stop motion animation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, not something that we saw too much throughout the throughout the series, but uh, but certainly certainly helped. Now, this episode, of course, did set the precedent for the rest of the series of establishing Knapford as the name of the big station rather than Tidmouth, right. uh, as it is in the railway series. Um, and it's never really been explained, as far as I know, why that, why that changed, unless I missed something, but, um, no. but I'm not quite sure why. No, it, it really hasn't, and I, I can't think of why other than maybe it was just easier to make Knapford with what they had, uh, because the first season, is, as as fantastic as it is, and the first season is fantastic, it doesn't quite have as big a budget as later seasons would. Not that any of them had a huge budget, but because it was a brand new series, and uh, you know, I, I don't know that Britt Alcroft or anyone connected to this, aside from Tugs, I know that uh, David Mitten and Robert Cardona did Tugs. But aside from that, I don't know that there were many projects for any of them before Thomas. No, absolutely. And of course, Tugs was after the first two series of, yeah, you know, first two series of Thomas. But that's uh, right. That's right. Love I mean, the, love the shot of the viaduct. Oh, yeah. This is, uh, you know, just a great, again, establishing the island of Sodor in model form. Um, right. But, uh, you know, right, right from the get go, the production design uh, just is is great. Um, and it would get even better as the series went on, really. Oh, yes. um, but this establishes it well. And and you can influence of uh, the you'll see Reginald Dalby illustrations on this first series, as most of the books that they adapted for the series were um they all originally had the C. Reginald Dalby illustrations, with the exception of uh, this story here is adapted from Thomas the Tank Engine, which had illustrations by Reginald Payne. Right. And then also uh, the later episodes that come were adapted from the three railway engines, which, of course, were originally illustrated by William Middleton, although I'm sure what they went off of were, was the reprint uh, with the illustrations by C. Reginald Dalby. Right. But. Yeah, definitely. And the cinematography here, uh, as Thomas crosses the viaduct at night, is just gorgeous. This is, it's, it's not talked about that much, but it, I feel it is one of the more iconic scenes in the series. Oh, absolutely. This, that scene specifically is just one that, that really sticks out in my mind, and I'm not... Um... 
not quite sure why, but it, yeah, it has always it has always really just stuck out in my mind as right. a, as a classic scene. Um, and the backdrops, I mean, really has to be said. Uh, Robert Gall Galliers did did a lot of all those backdrops for uh, for the series, and you know, really again just set the tone. The the sunny blue skies with little puffy clouds, and then of course that kind of sunset shot mm-hmm. uh, with the pink and orange and red hues in it really. Uh, really helps to to set a nice tone. Right. So, right, and that was uh, Thomas did straight. So, uh, great way to start off the series. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, and it's a um, and a fair, uh, you know, a fair difference in titling for the U.S. Um, you know, Thomas and Gordon can be a, a tad bit uh, mundane for uh, to try to sell it to U.S. audiences. Right. Of course, originally these episodes you wouldn't have had titles when they were uh, part of Shining Time Station. They were just stories within the episode of Shining Time Station. But once they were released on home video in the U.S., they gave them the U.S. titles. Um, but uh, but you know, I think some of the other titles were kind of. Uh, eh. Yeah, uh, yeah. The American titles versus the UK titles, but Thomas gets strict is a fair uh, is a fair renaming of a rather mundane episode title, as is the next one that we'll talk about, which is Edward helps out, exactly. as opposed to Edward and Gordon, the the UK title. Right. And uh, speaking of that, um, load up uh, whatever type of device you're watching this on, and again, we're watching Edward and Gordon, also known as Edward helps out, and press play now all right now this establishing shot right here we get to see the main five of course we wouldn't we we'd, we've only met two of the main fives thus far and we're meeting uh the third one gordon so uh but i do like this establishing shot outside of the sheds Absolutely. A bit of a continuity um error of course in that james is already shown here uh when later he's supposed to be a new engine when thomas uh you know when thomas rescues him right. after his runaway train and thomas and the breakdown train or thomas saves the day of the u.s title right um but uh but this is a again a nice uh a nice little ditty for edward here oh yeah that we uh, the introduction of edward's theme and again it was reworked many many times throughout the rest of the series um, but this is nice, too, because we get to see uh, some more locations on the island that we yeah. haven't seen yet, um, apart from a few shots of the of the opening titles. Right. And, well, we see some different coaches here as well, because in the first episode, aside from a couple of uh, stock coaches in the background, we really only saw the express coaches, whereas here we see uh, coaches that uh, Edward... Uh, pulls frequently uh, the Ertl models of which were dubbed the old coaches. I don't know that they necessarily have those names within the show, but uh, yes. So, And we got our first night shot of the series back there just a few moments ago. And, uh, uh, and as we know, the late great David Mitten uh, loved his night shots. Oh yes. And uh, you know, it was uh, those, were not too many of those in the first series um, a few most of them at Timothy sheds really right um and of course the entire episode of the flying kipper uh or most of the episode of the flying kipper is set at night but uh, in series two there were certainly a, a lot more nighttime themed episodes mm. now this bit rewatching this bit with edward shunting 
it always gets me, uh, it always tickles me a little bit, rather, how the Troublesome Truts in Series 1, the faces are quite different from what they were from Series 2 onwards, because, you know, from Series 2, they get the gray rectangular faces similar to the engines. But in the first series, they just have eyes and a little squidly black mark for a mouth. Right. Which, which, you know, in, in some ways is, is closer to some of the, uh, as far as I recall, some of the C Reginald Dalby illustrations. Right. But when uh, John T. Kenny came along, uh, that's, you know, more of that style and uh, more of the style of the, of the gray faces. Right. And that is, of course, most of the episodes of, of series two or a lot of them um, and onward were adapted from books illustrated by John T. Kenny. So that, that perfectly makes sense to, to change that. And then also it just gives the show a bit of a more uniform look of the right. of all of the characters having the same style face, um, apart from some of the ones that retained their look, um, such as Annie and Clarabelle. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I... I... I, I do. And this is a good scene as well with Edward pushing Gordon up the hill as well. Yeah, and I love the Gordon's Hill set. Um, oh yeah, and again, it was it was reworked from time to time. In a close shave, we see the top points, right. which we don't see in in any other uh, in any other episode or switches for American audiences, of course. But um, and then I just love the crest of the hill here that we see. So it's kind of three different sets that they combined into one, really, it to, is. to give you the idea of a, of a hill. Um, but uh, and, it, and in some of the other episodes, a Percy runs away is one that comes to mind. We see the other side of the hill, too. Right. Um, so uh, some nice shots here. And then, uh, of course, it goes right into to Marin Station. And, and here's where we have a nice little uh, face swap here in that Edward's exhausted face would later go to James and it's actually more recognizable as James's tired face. Yeah. They, they seem to not want to use that for Edwards anymore. Um, and they, they just gave it to James. Right. Uh, but regardless, I, I think the first two episodes were, were quite good and really established the tone of the series and the way the series would go from there on. And because, of course, the show is called Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, it was a good idea, of course, to start with Thomas and Gordon rather than Edward and Gordon. As as good as oh, both uh, of those uh, episodes are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, over the years, and you know, we've been in the fandom a long, long time now. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen uh, many complaints and gripes about the fact that the show started with with a thomas episode as opposed to starting the way the railway series started right. with edward um but um but you know they, they had to establish thomas as the main character although having said that they do um i was thinking about this um as we were watching that um that if the show was made today as as Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends, with Thomas being the main character, I would definitely be sure that they would not have necessarily adapted so many stories that did not have Thomas at the center. Right. Um, I would imagine they would have shoehorned him in in um, more of these episodes as they did in in the third season, more so. Or they would have written their own stories to feature Thomas right from the get-go as opposed to waiting a couple seasons. Now, of course, they had to use the stories because of the, con- the original contract um, that they had with uh, with Kay and Ward, who were the publishers at the time. Right. But 
but you know, having said that, it's great that in these uh, these first two series, really the other characters get a lot of uh, a lot of episodes that that showcase their you know their stories and their characters. So. Oh, definitely. And the the, what, the the episode is over, of course, as, as most viewers will know, most listeners will know. Uh, I do want to point out one thing that I think it was also a good idea to combine in railway series terms, you know, because, of course, the first season is entirely adapted from the railway series. It was a great idea to combine Edward's Day Out and Edward and Gordon, because good as both of those stories are, Edward's Day Out doesn't really lend itself to a five and a half minute adaptation and neither really does Edward and Gordon so combining the two of them together to make one episode uh, was a brilliant idea no absolutely and they, they definitely settled on a good running time I think that four and a half minute uh, you know time frame right for for every episode really uh, worked to their favor because not every railway series story story was the same length. I mean, uh, some of them were some of them were longer and some of them were were definitely shorter, like Edward's Day Out, um, yeah. or um, or uh, Percy and the Trousers is one that's notably short. Oh yes, um, uh, later in the the book Henry the Green Engine. So, um, but th- they settled on that four minute and thirty second runtime and really for the most part that that works in their favor Mm -hmm. um there and you know some episodes that they have to flesh out um and very few that they ever had to really uh, cut down although some they they had to simplify or uh get rid of entirely as in the case of the missing coach because it was probably just a bit too complex to explain right all of the the mechanics of of running the railway with the express coaches and all of that of in the four and the four and a half minute runtime allotted. Right. And of course the, we, we will eventually, we'll probably have to do an entire episode on missing episodes. Cause there are at least two that I can think of right offhand, probably more than that even, but I can think of two right offhand that uh, were either planned uh, and got partially made or never got made at all, but were, an idea so the missing coach and uh gordon goes for yeah those are the two that yeah, absolutely to. yes yeah yes uh but we'll mo- we'll talk more about that later uh we hope that you have enjoyed this first ever episode of talking thomas and uh so i just want to give a few final thoughts here and uh, uh really enjoyed the first two episodes of the uh thomas the tank series as i said we'll probably put these out uh two per week uh and it'll alternate what the content is about sometimes it'll be thomas sometimes it'll be shining time station sometimes it'll be merchandise and sometimes it'll be railway series there is a plethora of uh, things to talk about relating to thomas it's far more than just the tv series and uh oh absolutely it's a it's a it's a, a very large franchise with a lot to lot to discuss <laughs> right so uh so those are my final thoughts orion uh what are your final thoughts on these two episodes great start to the show um you know great start to the franchise and uh you know i'm looking forward to to discussing all of the future episodes that we will discuss but uh this really established at least you know uh, three of the characters right uh, you know to start with and the next few episodes we'll we'll be establishing many more characters so. yes and so uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to 
Talking Thomas on whatever platform you are listening to it on. And uh, we'll catch you next time.